<laughs> All right, folks, welcome back to the podcast. One man, one tree in a hill. I'm your host, two-time wrestling champion, stand-up comedian, host of this podcast, Jared Waters. Uh, welcome back. Sorry for the absence. Well, listen, before we do, before we describe that, let's get to our sponsors. Ladies and gentlemen, this podcast is sponsored by... Old Hillside Bourbon Company. Old Hillside Bourbon Company was a bourbon company created out of love for bourbon. Friendship and camaraderie. 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 What the freak is wrong with me? Camaraderie. The idea of quality time, great conversation, enjoying good spirits brought this team together. Our vision is fueled by optimism, integrity, and sense of responsibility to build a successful household, a bourbon brand that the people can cherish and love. Our story is unique. We're a collective group of individuals from different career backgrounds. This is our strength as we're able to apply our professional experiences to provide unmatched services to our customers. A little tongue tie of this podcast is sponsored by Old Hillside Bourbon Company. Well, back to the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the reason why we haven't been doing these recently is because we've done some very big uh interviews with uh some some really talented well people you've probably heard of on uh tv and you know same thing happens we did the podcast we did about you know probably part one part two two and a half hours and you know i play it for the guests and let them have a copy and you know they don't want to release it so we did that two weeks in a row so you know we're going back to the old school way that's why i love interviewing people that i know like friends or like associates and stuff because their stories are unfiltered and sometimes when you're part of a network or you're part of something else you feel like you share too much or you know some people just don't like revealing that side to them so we had to I just said we scrap it you know cancel the podcast so we're back so we're back we're wrapping up the week uh that was Kurt Franklin <laughs> uh cursing out his son there's been so many memes so many funny stuff about Kurt Franklin cursing out his son a uh, little backstory, Kurt Franklin's son is 33 years old. Kurt Franklin is 50. I think he's, we had him when he was 17, so he's 40-something. 50, I think Kurt Franklin might be in his 50s. Had him when he was 17 years old. Him and his son got in an argument. And uh, honestly, I guess the big issue is that he, since he's a Christian, a lot of people think that Christians shouldn't talk like that. But honestly, I've been cursed out by nothing but Christians my whole life. <laughs> Minus my mother and father. I don't, my, mo- I don't, my father's never cursed at me. My mother's never cursed at me. My mother has came close, and she goes, you think I give a flip about what you talk about? She used to say flip. You lost your flip in mine. She's never cursed at me. My grandma Loretta has cursed at me before. I remember my grandma Loretta. Uh, I remember when I was eight we were at a Catholic school. Me and my brother at a Catholic, private Catholic school. Maybe seven. Younger than that. Because we used to take naps. And I remember they didn't let my brother go to the bathroom. And he peed on himself. And he peed on himself way too many times. Because my grandmother picked us up twice in one week. And he peed on himself once. And it was an accident. And then I remember that Friday he peed on himself again. And my grandmother goes, I'm about to spank you. And she goes, why did you pee on yourself? So they don't let me go to the bathroom after I get up. She said, oh, H-Dawg. She turns the car around. This is an old school Buick, I think. One of them, she- maybe a Chevy Caprice. It was a Caprice. She turns around and pulls up to this Catholic school. I think it's Baptist. Maybe it has to be Catholic. It's, I know it's a Christian school. And she said, I want to know what the f- why y'all not letting them use the bathroom? They were so scared. Miss Miss Loretta, no, 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 it's not like that. She said, uh-uh, speak. So she brought my brother and goes, uh-uh, tell me which one didn't let you use the bathroom. My brother just, he goes, it was this, they didn't let me go to the bathroom. My, my grandma goes, and let me tell your way another thing. If he even has to dream about using the bathroom, you better get your narrow <laughs> and let my boys use the bathroom. Do I make myself clear? Everybody's like, yes, ma'am. 
And I remember after that whole year, they would wake us up during nap time to be like, do you have to use the bathroom? We want to use the bathroom again? Yeah, we just, just let's not always, let's not call our grandmas when we have problems. Let's not do that. But yeah, you know, some people, some Christian people aren't dealt with uh, cursing. I don't, I particularly don't like cursing. I didn't curse in my house. I'm not cursing when I was like a teenager, like 14 or 13, because I was listening to a lot of deaf comedy jam and I was mimicking what they were saying. But uh, I just don't feel, I, I just don't like cursing personally. But, uh, you know, this was two men having an argument. This was two men having an argument. And you know what? It is what it is. It's not my kid, so I really can give three Fs. We're reading through your emails. Uh, rest in peace to all of the lives lost in this uh, hate crime. This hate crime against uh, the Asian community. This guy, his name was... Uh, his name was Robert Aaron Long. Robert Aaron Long, 21. Let's read this article. A 21-year-old suspect in the shooting of three Atlanta three spas uh, has been charged with eight counts of murder, homicide, and one count of aggravated assault. Uh, Robert Aaron Long was charged with four counts of murder, one count of aggravated assault in Cherokee County. Uh, according to the Atlanta police, later confirmed that he killed uh, uh, six Asian women, died of the attacks on last Tuesday. Long told investigators he had a sex addiction. Authorities say that the spa were a temptation for him and he wanted to eliminate them. Police added that it was too early to determine that the slayings were not racially motivated. Long was reportedly on his way to Florida to carry out additional shootings to Atlanta. Jeez Louise. Police identified the four victims, and these are the victims who were all killed. Soon Chung Park, uh, if I say these names wrong, we'll just say, we'll do their last name, Miss Kim, Miss Tan, Miss Ayu, Miss Young King, Fang Young and Mikhail's. Uh yeah, and Paul, Paul Andre Michaels. Yeah, this ain't cool at all, man. Not saying it's ever cool, but just like, man, like how do you what type of you're destroying your temptation? That doesn't make any sense. And I think what's making a lot of people upset, because a lot of my friends are part of the Asian community, my brother's wife, my 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 niece, she's Asian. It's just like you they're not labeling what it is. It's a hate crime. How do you kill six of the same people of the same region and not call it a hate crime. Like, what are you, what are you doing? If you, and, and not saying that he should have did this, but it's like, if you're eliminating temptation, you were in Atlanta, the strip club capital of one of the United States. You didn't think about going to a strip club if that's temptation, but a spa is more temptation than a strip club. So yeah, man, F Robert as a staff and organization. So right now, uh, there's a lot of been Asian awareness, and there's been a lot of um, attacks. Like there's one attack I saw where this Asian lady was she she was punched in the face in San Francisco, and she took a baseball bat and beat uh, and beat the uh, the assaulter. She beat the assaulter, and there's another one where my friend, his name is Michael Lee, and uh, he is he's Korean, but he his he was adopted. He was adopted. Uh, by his Chinese mother, and he was talking about being a, he's a emergency nurse, he's an RN, he just says all the stuff that he sees about people being attacked, he said there was another one of an Asian dude getting beat with brass knuckles, Asian woman being beat with brass knuckles, and nobody says anything, and uh, it's rough, man, it's rough just seeing this, this hatred, I work with a girl, her name is Julie, and uh, she tells me all the time about all the, all the underlying things that she hears as an Asian woman, and she talks about how it affects minorities. And I think sometimes in America we kind to tend to our, not tend to our own, but we kind of just, sometimes people are so worried about 
their own struggle or so worried about fighting off this supremacy that we don't acknowledge the other supremacy or to be honest with you sometimes it's just so much hate it's hard to divide up where the hate is coming from uh but yeah and i grew up in i lived in tokyo and i have nothing but respect for our our uh, our our community you know for the for my my Japanese, just all Asian people have always been so nice. I've lived in Korea before. I've been to different Asian places, and they've always been just just peaceful people, man. Especially the Americans here, man. I learned, I learned so much. Because I didn't know. What, I learned what Filipinos were when I lived in Japan. Filipinos, we used to call them the Super Saiyans because they would beat you up so fast. So it's just like seeing how many people in this country. Just and you look at the history of hate. Like uh, my brother's wife told me the story about how her mother had to escape from like Vietnam. And I'm going to get these people on the podcast. My old roommate, her name was Tam, Tammy. And she told me the story about being, uh, about like being Asian and stuff like that. We used to have all these deep conversations. So we're going to get more people on the podcast to speak more into this. You know, I don't like telling people stories. I like people telling their own stories. That's the whole point. But rest in peace to the six people who were murdered by this dude, Robert, uh, Robert Long. And we hope that, uh, you know, he gets his just due in in prison and one police officer said he had a rough day it's been a rough day like you gotta relax like some police just have an empathy for a man that just killed six people that's 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 disrespectful comedy news uh comedy news is going well so what's happened in new york uh as governor cuomo has been getting all these uh all these uh victims have been popping up saying that he sexually assaulted them as that happens he opens up more parts of the city, right? So more women are coming forward. Earned dudes, a lot of people are coming forward about how they feel about president. Oh, he's not a president. What is he? Governor Cuomo. And he's not backing down. Governor Cuomo says he's not leaving. He's going to stay there. And his rating has fell to 49%. It's kind of crazy that they gave him an Emmy. For what? You gave him an Emmy because he... <laughs> Because he was talking to his brother, because he said the way he's handled the pandemic, but it's been shown that he's been uh, infiltrating numbers, uh, like fluffing numbers of the people who've died in nursing homes and stuff like that. But as the heat gets on him, he's opened up the city. So April 2nd is when New York completely opens. If you have a venue, you can have up to 500 people indoors, and it depends how big your space is. And Yankee Stadium's open. You can have over 10,000 people at the stadium. And MetLife Stadium can have 8,000. And comedy clubs are being back to open, which is good. So what's happening in comedy is right now is that a lot of the people, comedians who left, a lot of comedians left. They left. They went back to their homes. They went back to New Hampshire or wherever they're from, Midwest, everything else. They left during the pandemic. And now they're returning back, right? They're returning back. And some comedians feel and I, I don't I don't have a sort of feeling or whatever because as a comic you have to first do yourself. But I understand what these some comedians gripes are because they're young comedians and they feel like they've been holding down the scene by putting on shows, doing outdoor shows. And they feel like a lot of their bookings are going to the people who haven't been doing stand up in previous months. Like I have a lot of friends who, you know, told me they're not doing stand up because they feel like they don't want to do stand up in the cold or whatever. But me you got to focus on yourself. So it's been like a, a lot of bickering amongst the comedian comics, calling each other Zoom comics and stuff like that, which is funny. I love and laugh. And uh, so what happens is 
the scene's going to blow up, right? So it's going to be a, this is my prediction, that it's going to be a comedic boom happening in, in New York City, right? So before the pandemic, there was clubs and there was the alternative room. The alternative rooms are people who don't do clubs or they can do clubs every now and then, but not technically house club, how do I say it, club comics. Most of them are doing bar shows, they're doing, like New York City is a huge place, so you can do a show anywhere in the world. So that's called the alternative scene. And then there's like a lot of the club scene. Club scene, Comedy Cellar, The Stand, all these other clubs. And then there's the alternative scene where people do like The Knitting Factory or there could be Witch's Brew. And there's a lot of other great shows that are on TV and stuff like that, but they're alternative because it's not at a club. So what's happening during this pandemic has birthed a new form of stand-up. And these are the outdoor shows. So now there's going to be outdoor shows, the alternative shows, and here comes a club. So now, if you mix all that stuff, it'll probably be maybe 30, 30 to 35 places to see stand-up in New York City, which is a lot. Before the pandemic, you could go to, I would say, eight clubs. You can go to the cellar. There's three cellars, so there's three. You can go to uh, you can go to McDougal Street. McDougal, there's seven clubs down there. There's the Lantern. There's Greenwich Comedy Club. There is the Grizzly Pear. There's the Cellar. There's the Village Underground. There's Fat Black Pussycat. That's six clubs right there. Then if you go up inside Times Square, that's six. You can go to the LOL Comedy Club. You can go to Broadway Comedy Club. And then you can go to Caroline's. There goes, there's 10 right there. 10 just in that Village and 42nd Street area. Then if you go to 86th Street, you got Stand Up New York. Then you got, oh, shoot, and you got the New York Comedy Club, Stand Up New Stand Up NY, and New York Comedy Club, there's two of those, and there's Stand Up NY, and then at the time, Dangerfields before it closed down. So there's probably 20 clubs in New York City, which is a lot of stand up, right? Eastfield Comedy Club, there's one there, and there's one in Brooklyn, right? 20, wrapping it up pretty much, if you don't understand stand up, there's 20 places you can see comedy, right? Then, you have alternative rooms. Where is that? That's names. That's 20. That's 20 right there. Then there's probably every night there's a bar show. So that's also, I need to add it up. That's probably 20 more. And then you add the park shows. And right now there's about 15 park shows, probably more. And they're outdoor and rooftops. I'll put outdoors and rooftops. So maybe there's 55, 40, 35 places to see stand up before the pandemic. Now there's double that. There's 60. So it's a lot of stand-up, right? So a lot of comics feel, they feel like, oh, they're wondering about the outdoor. But a lot of people in New York don't feel safe going inside. So what happens is the outdoor starts to blossom. You have Cooper Park. Uh, it's a Monday night. We're just flooded with people. Then you have an outdoor show. So all these outdoor shows are happening. So there's going to be multiple places to do stand-up. So what a lot of comics don't realize is that there's enough food for everybody. Back in the day, there wasn't enough food, but now there's enough food for everybody. There's enough food for anybody to eat. During this pandemic, I can't tell you how many people from different networks on TVs, uh, different stations have came up to me. It's like, hey, I saw you in the park. Take my car down. Let's network and do this. I got worked on a documentary through the stand-up, through outdoors and stuff like that. So it's it's been a height of comedy. But now, since it's open, it's just curious to see the boom, to see if Chicago comics start moving. California comics start moving. People from the South start moving up here because it's going to be tons of stand-up. And some people are just, I could say some comics might be insecure a little bit because 
during this pandemic, if you didn't take advantage of it, you fall back into the hole that you were in. Right, like I took advantage of it. Like when everybody went inside, I stayed outside and just started collecting everybody's spots so people know uh, that if I keep seeing this name a lot, Jarrett Waters, Jarrett Waters, Jarrett Waters, eventually I got to put this name on the show because it's on it. So that's what's happening in the comedy scene right now, which is going thus far. Uh, our show's doing well, training day. It was warm two weeks ago, but it got really cold, so we didn't really have a lot of people. But we found this lady who's been to 10 shows. She told me she's been to 10 shows, and I had to ask. I was like, where are you from? She said she's from Syracuse, but she lives in Astoria. And she goes, I come every week because y'all like hearing you guys tell jokes at the park. It's on on my daily walk. So what we're going to do is when it heats up, maybe to about April, second week of April, we're going to move the show back to the top of the pool area and set up chairs, set up lights, and set up everything else. And, uh, yeah, that's that's New York comedy thus far. Uh, I got a call this week. First, I got a text from my dog. His name is Reuben Pittman. We go back. We go back 19 years, 19 years. And he goes, he's just like, what's up? He's like, this is Reuben. I was like, what's up? And then I got a phone call. And, like, after I wrote him back a phone call, it was my boy G.O.O. Garrett. And I'm like, yo, what up? Um, you just hear from Reuben? And he goes, yeah, I'm on the phone with him right now. So we all chop it up. Ruben just left the military. And uh, we're getting him on the podcast. And then Friday, we're going to start part one of our Ellen episode. Ellen, another one of my friends we go back to as well. We recorded this podcast a few months ago, and we're going to be releasing her podcast. So, uh, okay, how do I feel about uh, reading this email? Quavo, I, let me Google what. Oh, oh, I heard about this. Yes, those memes are super funny. And this last one we're going to do before we stop and we're going to uh, <laughs> end it is uh, Spencer Lee. Uh, if you don't know who Spencer Lee is, Spencer Lee uh, is the first person in Iowa in like 15 years to win the wrestling championships. Everybody knows I'm a big wrestler. Uh, he won his third national championship, and he did it on two torn ACLs. This is what he said. He's only 125 pounds. I can barely wrestle. I can barely shoot. I can't sprawl, but you know what? I believed in my coaching staff and everyone that believed in me, and here I am, so there you guys go. How, how did you handle the self-doubt? Oh, uh, well, I mean, there was no doubt. It was just, hey, no one else can do this but you. My teammates didn't tell me no one can do this but you, you know, and I believed in them, so. Were there tough moments on the match? I mean, yeah, I can't really, I can't really wrestle, but, you know, it doesn't matter. I'm getting ready for what's next and you know whatever's next is what's next and i'll be ready to go so don't worry about me okay so you just so <laughs> you could tell he was he was jacked up on something whatever substance he was on or maybe he's not or whatever painkillers he was on but the shout out to him winning his third national championship uh painkillers are serious man like it's it's that that i see it in his eyes you could tell that it's gonna hurt later to tear both your acls true story i broke i think i snapped my fibula when I was playing football, I snapped it. I heard something snap in my leg. And at the time, this this guy on the football team had these maybe 2,000, 2,000 milligrams of painkillers for his shoulder because he just had shoulder surgery. And, man, I took two of those boys. I couldn't feel anything. And I knew that my ankle, I knew that something was broke. Like, I knew something was broke. I couldn't walk the next day of practice, but I was like, you know what? I'm about to take another one because we got to win this game. So, yeah, I could definitely tell he was jacked up on something. But uh, congratulations to him. 
Uh, the other email, what do we say? Oh, okay. So I will. I we finished all these. I'm reading all these emails. Okay, we finished all of these uh, One Tree Hill episodes. I finished three of them. The only thing is, we had a specific order where we wanted to release these these episodes that we did with. Uh, I can't say who it was because we already signed these contracts about not saying whatever. And that's what happens when you do these these corporate things. You do corporate things. You sign over certain stuff. And you can't reveal who's on the podcast, blah, blah, blah. But it was, trust me, it's about to be a big one. Just hit me up personally if you want to know who it is. Well, I, I freaking can't say that live. <laughs> or I'll get sued. But, uh, but uh, yeah, so that that's it. So what, what we're going to do is we're going back to the scheduled program. We're going to be dropping every Tuesday, every Friday, same as we've done. we got a little hiccup with uh, some different people. Our 100th episode will be a little different. It'll be a mix of different... We're just going to be doing clips, clips of our favorite episodes and stuff like that with the people we've interviewed. Uh, a lot of people still ask me about uh, my dear friend, Laura Bellinger. Uh, just hit her up. It's so simple. If you hit her up, it'll be perfect. If you hit her up, uh, if you hit her up, she'll definitely hit you back. She'll definitely hit you back, and that'll be and that'll be great. And I put all these these Instagrams at the bottom. I know some people hit me up to ask, but I recently, I think I we we exchanged, we exchanged. Uh, there's a few passing highs and buys and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, shout out to that. And if anybody you know that you want to be on the podcast, let me know. So we got Ellen coming up. We got my dear friend uh, Zuby coming up. We have a lot of a lot of dope people that we've done in the podcast. We recorded in different parks, uh, different owners and different people like that. So we'll be dropping these episodes. So we'll get part one of Ellen's story will be Friday. And then we'll do part two next Tuesday. And then after that, we'll have our our uh, a new guest on. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, that is the podcast, One Man, One Tree in a Hill. Hope you have a wonderful day, wonderful night, wherever you are inside the world. Take it easy. Shout out to my dog, Joe Sappho, and his son, Jojo, a.k.a. J3, or J4. <laughs> Joseph Matthew the third. No, it was Joseph Matthew. No, I think he's just junior. But shout out to them. And shout out to everyone who listens to this podcast. Forgive us for the last two weeks. We got caught up in some legality stuff. But we're back. So we'll see you this Friday. We'll be dropping part one of my dear friend Ellen. And then, then part two on Tuesday. And then we'll be drawing everything the right way. All right. Have a wonderful night. Peace and many blessings. Hey, you're live on the podcast. One man, one tree in a hill. Say what up to the people. This is when I see black excellence, man. It's Dave Chappelle. Michael Che, Lauren Michaels, Chris Rock, Eddie Murphy, all sitting at the table. I said, yo, Eddie, Mr. Murphy, I, said, I just want to say, man, you're the GOAT, man. And you're the coldest nigga that ever walked the face of the earth. You got to break that thing over. She wants it private, but y'all not even together right now. So we haven't spoken about anything but the cat for at two least months. two months. And then I said, and I said uh-uh, and I'll be the next Jamar Neighbors. And she was up like, I know that's right. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to the podcast. My name is Jerry Waters, and I'll catch you next time. Like, subscribe, rate the podcast. Have a wonderful night, wonderful day, whatever you're listening to. I'll see you soon.